Well, hey, 4640, we're glad you're here tonight. (laughs) Um, We thought we were in the last week of my bio series last week, um, and then we aren't. We're going to do one more week tonight, so I hope you guys are ready. Um, Last week, we kind of talked about these four different personalities. How many, I'm so curious, how many of you went home and took the test? A handful. How many of you that took the test were like, I need to know what every person in my life's personality is? Yes, me too. I want to know what everyone's personality is. I like, again, things in order and structure. That's very important to who I am. And last week, um, as many of you noticed, um, Pastor Joe and I taught, and we are very different humans, um, just even in stature and features as just people, um, but also in our personalities. What are you talking about? You. And We're I not being, that different. We are really different. I mean, I have brown hair. You have blonde hair. I see that difference. Yes, and every other thing I think could be, I would, you know what I'd be actually interested in is like, what do we have in common? We like 4640. That's it. We got, we got you guys, that's what we like. We've both ran before. That's true. Yeah, you run, run. I ran, so they're not quite the same. (laughs) Mine's past tense, which is far better than present tense. No one wants to be running. They would just say, I ran is a much better sentence than I am running. Yeah, see, boom. Your boss says so, okay. Anyway, that's it. Okay, so so to recap, for those of you who weren't here last week, we wanted to just quickly give you an update because it took the entire time just to talk about these four personalities and how they're so different. Um, so phlegmatic is one of the personalities. This is my personality. We are the support people in like a group of, like a team of people. We um, wanna help, we wanna come alongside. Um, we also like love peace at all costs. Sometimes it can be a downfall um, actually of ours, but we want peace like all the time just like peaceful and calm and quiet and relaxing and that's who we are yeah, sanguines we want fun we, we don't want, want the opposite peace we will sacrifice the peace for the fun uh, all yeah. the time so sanguines people persons very creative types they like to talk they like to be center of attention they like to they can be a little show-offs at times um they uh they uh they can that be. Guy. Uh, class clowns are going to be that. Uh, you know, people who just make friends easily. A really good first impression. If you walked away from somebody and said, man, I think I like that guy. Just because he was open, exuberant. Maybe he didn't know, like, get past that into, like, a, like a real in-depth conversation. <laughs> but really good first impressions. But, yeah, we're kind of, like, life of the party, hype, energy. We set the vibe of the room. Like, if a, if a room is kind of dead, we want to do whatever we can to, like, pick it up because it's, it's not fun to be in an uncomfortable room like yep. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we have melancholy, which, um, a lot of personalities have like kind of two, like your, your dominant and then like a second personality. Mine would be melancholy, um, which this is more of like the detailed type person. This is the thinker. We're analytical. We're like mulling over things. We can struggle with perfection. Like we want things so perfectly in order. We can kind of get lost in details. Like they matter too much sometimes, um, but we help really keep things organized and um, in order. Yeah. 
So it's like you've got phlegmatics whose motivation is peace. Mm -hmm. I will do something if that will get me peace. Mm -hmm. And sanguines are like, my motivation is fun. I will do something if it's fun. Yep. Uh, and then melancholies are going to, I'm going to do something if it means I can like organize or if it means that I can organize those things. And then clerics are the last ones. And they said, I will do that if I get to tell other people how to do it. Uh, that's their, or goals. So their main motivation is goals. Mm -hmm. They like to set goals. They like to achieve goals, all of those things. So you have kind of different motivations. Clerics are sort of your type A personalities, your leader, your, your person who's trying to like, like if they're going to do something, they might not do it themselves, but they're going to try and figure out, a, like tell you what to do, tell you what to do and tell you what to do sort of thing. So that's kind of like the, the bossy or bossy type people. Um, not necessarily in a bad way though. Like, like people leaders. who, right, they have vision and they're going to like execute that. So that's very much it is. Yeah. And so there's lots of differences in these personalities yeah. and that's okay. Yeah, like, absolutely. And it was interesting, like watching a few of you take the test last week. I think here's the truth. There are some personalities where you look at those and maybe from like from the outside looking in, you're just like, man, I don't want to be that one. I want to be that one. OK. And I think for one of like a sanguine, for instance, a lot of those, it's like everybody wants to be bubbly and everybody wants to think they're the life of the party and all of that. And I think here's the thing. If you're in your your friend group and you are very comfortable in that situation, there's a good chance that you are going to be very sanguine in that situation. Mm -hmm. You're gonna be fun, you're gonna be excited, like, because you're in a very comfortable situation. But if I take you out of your comfort zone situation and I put you in a room full of strangers, is that who you still will be? Or are you going to be what you actually are? Are you going to like, if this group, group full of like strangers has a job to do, are you gonna be the person who's like trying to get everybody organized and tell them what to do? Or are you gonna be the person, maybe you are the same one who's like, let's have some fun everybody. You're trying to get everybody to like talk and have a conversation or you're in that room and you're just hiding in the corner hoping nobody notices you as a phlegmatic right there because you just <laughs> wanna stay. And so maybe when you're taking these tests and when you start thinking about your personality, yeah, you want to say like, yeah, I'm so hype, fun and excited, but maybe you're not actually sanguine. Mm -hmm. Maybe you actually are phlegmatic or melancholy, but in those certain groups, yep. you, you maybe are more sanguine. But I think that comes, brings me to a point of, there seems to be this tension of just like, well, maybe I don't want to be phlegmatic. Maybe I want to be more like them. And then we start to sort of look and kind of compare and, and look at all these different personalities and we sort of go, well, I really like, I like, I don't like what I am. I want to be more like that. And, yeah. I've, and I've done that myself. Mm -hmm. As a saying, when I'm just like, I forgot to do that again. Are you kidding me? And I get so irritated with myself because I forgot to do the job that I'm supposed to do all the time. And I just forget because I'm, it's who I kind of am. So I mean, I wish I was more melancholy and more detailed and I wouldn't forget all those things. But it's who God made me. But yep. we can't necessarily look across the board and go, that's who I want to be. I don't want to be this. Right. Because God's word is so clear that we each play a part. We are yeah. each like vital to his kingdom work and he needs us to be who he created us to be. Um, and, and so recognizing, I, I want to read this, um, the, a few verses to you, um, but it's talking about how there is one body and we have many parts and they're all valuable. So 1 Corinthians 12 says this, yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make it any less of the body. If the ear says, I am not part of the body because I am not an eye, it wouldn't make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? Our bodies have many parts and God has put each part where he wants it. Mm. Recognize like 
He did it. This is designed by the Lord, okay? How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. See, we serve a God who loves variety. Like he Mm -hmm. wants us to be different. He didn't make our bodies like a brick wall. We're alive and moving and active and, and we're diverse, not just like in our skin colors and our hair colors and things like that, but also our temperaments and our personalities. And he intended it to be that way. So we all play this different part in God's family. um, And he designed it on purpose. And he's so intentional with how he created you, your strengths and your weaknesses. Like God did that. And like Pastor Sean said a couple weeks ago, when he created you, he said, it is very good. All all parts of you. He didn't say, oh, I like this part, but not this part. Every part of you, he said, this is very good. But think of it like this. You, You all play a role in your family. So maybe you live with your parents, your grandparents, whoever you live with, you have siblings, you guys all play a different role. Let me just tell you, you actually don't want to be the parent. I know sometimes you think you want the responsibility, but what if you had to go into the kitchen and you had to ask yourself what's for dinner and then you had to cook it yourself because you were playing mom, right? That's hard. That would be a hard thing. You just described being an adult. Yes. Don't do it more faster than you have to. I don't recommend it. Stay a teenager as long as you can. Just kidding. But like for real, it it is like you play a certain role in your family right now and and your mom doesn't need you to be the mom, but your sister needs you to be your sister and and vice versa. Like you all play a role or like in your friend group, um, like maybe you're the planner in your friend group and you're the one that organizes everyone to get together and and you make all the details and you have all the plans and stuff, Um, but you're going to want to invite your fun friend. Otherwise it might be kind of boring if you invite the phlegmatic who's just going to sit back and watch, right? You want like the fun people at the party, but you need all of those different personalities. You want somebody who can listen. And if you've had a rough day, you're probably not going to go talk to Joe about it because he's going to want to make it be fun. And you're like, no, I just need a minute to like tell you how much math suck today or whatever it is. Like you need that person to listen to. So kind of recognizing we all play those different parts. And it's true. Like I think sometimes when you are maybe in your friend group, you are the planner and you always feel like, man, I'm always planning the stuff. I'm always contacting everybody. And, you, and then all of a sudden you can kind of twist that and go, man, it's because nobody, nobody likes me or why don't they plan the things? And understanding that you have a certain personality, you have that, you are the way you are. And maybe your friend is, is there the way they are. They're never going to plan something. They're never going to call you and say, hey, I was thinking about next Friday. Maybe we, have a, we do something together. They're not thinking that. A sanguine will never <laughs> think that far ahead, okay? We are thinking about right now and what can we do for fun right now, mm-hmm. okay? So if you are that planner, don't feel like it's, it's like you're always a planner and nobody cares and all that. No, that's, that's your that's your part. That's how yeah. you fit in the body of your group, in your community. Is you, you might be that planner. Own it. Live up, live, live up to it. And don't necessarily get offended by other people not being the way you are. Yeah. And I think what gets in the way of that is comparison. Yeah. Like when it comes down to it, what happens when I start thinking, man, I wish I was the funny one. I wish I could make you guys laugh. Then I'm like, what am I, what good is that doing? That's producing no good fruit because I'm never going to be the funny one. And like, I just have to be okay with that. But like, I can help keep Joe organized and on task and be like, you need to help me rehearse here because you're distracted and forgetful and having fun over there. Like I, like we have to like play our different roles, but when we don't, this comparison is what will just completely kill the things that God has intended for us. Absolutely. And I think when we think about our lives, 
it can be really easy to fall into this thing we'll call the comparison trap, mm -hmm. okay? It's easy to look at your personality. It's easy to look at your looks and, and, and your body type. Maybe your talents or, or, or how smart you are or how popular you are. It's very easy to look at that and then just simply look at who you are and then look at other people and then begin to compare yourself to other people. But here's the truth about comparison is comparison kills growth. We, we are who we are, but that doesn't mean we need to stop being, continuing to grow and better ourselves. Yes, I'm a sanguine. Yes, I like to have fun, but I have to be organized to some degree or else I won't be able to hold a job, okay? Your or kids will, won't get to school. My kids won't get to school. I will be broke, okay? <laughs> there's certain things there's about growing up as a, as a human as, as well as developing your personality. If there's, if there's weaknesses and you don't have to stay that way, there are, you're kind of like your root, but you can get better, you can get sharper, you can do all those things. But when we begin to compare ourselves to other people, it kills our growth. And this is how, in two different ways. And it's really, there's only one way that comparison works and it doesn't affect you negatively. If you compare yourself to somebody and you go, man, I look exactly as good as they look, or I have the exact same grade as they have, or I'm just as talented, exactly the same talented as them. If, if we are like straight across, all across, even across the board, sure, comparisons, then it's just like, good for you, little pat on your back kind of thing, and you move on. But let's say you look across, you know, you're looking across and you see somebody and you're like, man, they don't have it together. <laughs> like, I look way better than them. Or man, they did not get a good grade on that test and I got a much better grade on that test. Or man, you should have seen them at gym. I was smoking them with those dodgeballs, right? And we start to look at it that way. And now all of a sudden we're comparing and we're seeing ourselves as better. Now, what, what comes out of that kills our growth because we're gonna look at them and we're gonna go, oh, I'm better than them. So now we're going pride. Pride starts to well up in us. And, we're, and it's not a very loving and kind thing because we are feeling better about ourselves by looking at that other person and in a sense putting them down. Maybe not to their face, but in our minds we are. As well as it's killing our growth because we're going, well, I've got it put together. I'm not as bad as them, so then we're not continuing to grow. I don't have as bad a grade as them, so I'm not gonna try and get better. I'm not, you know, I, I look better than them. All of these things, right? So it kills our growth. But on the flip side of that, we're comparing ourselves to somebody and we're going, man, I'm never gonna be as good as them. I'm never gonna be as popular as them. I'm never gonna be as smart as them. I'm never gonna be as, as, as good of a Christian as them. And we start to look at it that way. Well, now we're starting to look at ourselves and we're starting to, to develop kind of a self-hatred or self-loathing. We're bringing ourselves down. And now in those statements, we, it kills our growth because we're going like, I'm never gonna be like that. So why try? We're, I'm, never gonna, I'm never gonna meet up to that, so why try? And so either way, when we compare with other people, it really will kill our growth and development as a person. Yeah, and I know for me, this has been a huge struggle. So like my prayer for each one of you tonight is that you would catch this right now in, in your 
beautiful young age that you are and that you would learn from this and that you wouldn't have to struggle with it into adulthood because I have, but I believe that you don't have to if you can really catch the truth of this. Um, but I know even for me, a couple years ago here on staff, I was struggling so hard with comparison. We have an incredibly talented staff here. Um, you know, you look at Joe and all the things he can do and Jeremy and I don't even know how he makes us look so good and all, like his brain is like, I don't even understand it. It's so cool. And JL is like this fount of biblical knowledge and wisdom. And it's just like, I, I was going through this phase going, what do I have to offer? Like my gifts and talents aren't flashy and they're not these amazing things in my eyes. Like I was, I was struggling so hard with comparison. And I finally was like, I need to like get some help on this. So I asked JL to lunch and I was like, here, bleh, I vomited all my emotions on her. And I was like, help me. Like, tell me what role do I play? And she brought up 1 Corinthians 12. And she was like, Sarah, you play a different part than anyone else on the team. And it's just as important. It's just different. And so recognizing for each one of you, your role is just as important as the next, but it's very different. And, and that is good. And that is how God intended it to be. We don't need to play someone else's part we need to play our part yeah comparison is so so challenging even it doesn't get better as you get older you know especially with just the world and, and how it's changing for me the thing that I struggle with most in compare like comparing myself to others is singing like I've been leading worship up here for 12 12 years now and I still just like man I, I hear somebody that sings and I'm just like they're so much better than me. And, 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 you, and it might be one of those wings where you're just like, oh, Joe, like you're way better singer than I am. I could never sing, blah, blah. And, and here's the thing. There's always somebody better. Yeah. You will always find someone better. And, and yeah, you can go, well, you're right. I am better than Sarah at singing. That makes me feel a lot better, right? <laughs> but that's not generally how comparison works. Yeah. You're gonna find the person who is better than you and it's, gonna, and it's not gonna bring you any joy, comfort, peace it, it, at all. And social media, this is what kills me and, and makes it really hard for me. And this is something we have to be careful about is when we're on social media, what are, what are we intaking? So I go on social media and I see, oh man, look at this, this worship pastor from this, this one church that's bigger than mine. And man, he sings, he sounds so good on that song. I could never sound as good as that guy. Or, or I'm looking at, at those things. Or maybe for you, it's like, I'm watching makeup tutorials and in your mind, you're going, that's great. And now I know how to do my eyeshadow that way. But you're also going, I'm never gonna look like that girl. Or, or, or whatever it is, you're watching, you're watching somebody, uh, Social media is full of this, these people. You're always gonna find somebody better than you at what you do if you watch, if you're on social media. And so for me, I have to be very careful about what I'm absorbing on social media. Am I coming out of that having compared myself to somebody or am I just enjoying it? So for me, social media looks like I wanna laugh, I wanna communicate with some people, and maybe I wanna shop. That's what social media looks like for me. So I'm gonna laugh at TikTok, I'm gonna communicate with the different DMs, and I'm probably gonna find some, sh like shop on something. And that's, that's all I really wanna do on social media because if I dive any deeper than that, all of a sudden I'm, I'm watching things that it's causing me to compare myself to other people. And, and here's the truth. Any time we compare ourselves to somebody else, I don't care if they're doing the exact same thing you do, if they, they're the same age as you, or they're the same season of life as you, or, or whatever, and you think, man, if I compare myself to them, where are they at in comparison to me? It's never, it's never apples to apples. Ever, ever heard that term when it's like apples to apples means you're comparing the same thing. And if you're not comparing the same thing, you go, oh, you're comparing apples to oranges. 
because they're not the same thing. And so you might be looking at the person and just say, man, they're, they're so much better than me at that. And you're trying to compare yourself, but, but God created you different. Apples to oranges. You're not, you're not comparing the same things. You might go, they're so much smarter. They're so much prettier. They're so much more popular than me. They're so much stronger than me. All of these things, you're comparing yourself to them in that moment, and you're just comparing apples to oranges. God made you unique. God made you different than that person, and you can't compare yourself to them. Listen to this verse in Psalms. It said, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. How many times have you looked in the mirror and said, man, this workmanship is marvelous. <laughs> Not a lot, right? We're always finding our faults. Yep. We're comparing, even just looking in the mirror, we're comparing ourselves to beauty standards. We're comparing ourselves to like the, the pig, perfect picture of what we like think we should look like or, or be even, even simply that we start to compare ourselves. And the problem with comparison is it takes our eyes off what God is saying about us. And instead we worry that we aren't enough. So what does God say about you? Well, see guys, here's the thing. God puts you up on a pedestal. And when we say sometimes, we always say like, hey, don't put me up on a pedestal means you're like holding somebody up to a too high of a standard. They're just like the perfect person. We often say that when we're talking about celebrities who just seem so great. And we're like, we hold them up, to a, we hold them up on a pedestal, meaning they're just like, ah, look at them. They, they, they're so awesome. And the truth is in, in the world, that kind of comes as a negative thing, but this is how God sees you. He sees you up on a pedestal and he's going, this, this is my, this is my boy. Uh, man, this is my, this is my girl. She's, she is beautiful. She is fearfully and wonderfully made. I love her. I created her unique. I, I created her for just a specific purpose and God created you and he puts you up on a pedestal and he didn't put you up there because of anything that you did or said or earned. He puts you up there because you are his kid. Mm -hmm. But when we compare ourselves to other people, when we're going, man, God, God holds me up to this pedestal. That's, that's so great. But, and we start looking at it. Now all of a sudden we're going, but, but what about this other person? So now we're going, okay, uh, there's this other person. They're pretty good. And so now we're, we're, we're trying to see if we measure up to that other person. And so we're going here. And so we're like, okay, I'm pretty much like this. This is me. Cool. I'm, this is who I am. And this, this right there. Yeah, this is me. This is who I am. Now all of a sudden we're, but we begin to compare ourselves and we go, do I measure up to somebody else? And so now we're, we're comparing ourselves to somebody else. And when we do that, we realize there's a problem. Now all of a sudden we put ourselves off of a pedestal and we put ourselves on a scale. And when we put ourselves on that scale and we begin to compare ourselves to other people, Oftentimes, what we find is that we don't measure up. And when we don't measure up, then all of a sudden we feel pressure. And we feel pressure to measure up. Not to the standards that God holds us to, but pressure to measure up to standards of other people and what they are doing. And so when we don't measure up, we feel that pressure and that pressure is to perform better, to do better. But God, God says, you are better. The world says, do better. But see guys, there's freedom in knowing that without Jesus, without him in your life, 
you will never measure up. But with Jesus, you will never have to measure up because you get off of a scale when you look at Jesus and you get off of a scale and he puts you back up on a pedestal. The process of growing stops being, I need to do better. I gotta perform better. I gotta figure this out. It stops being that and it becomes drawing closer to Jesus. It says creating, making him not just the savior of our life. Lord, give me a, give me a place forever in heaven. Not just the savior, but also Lord of my life. Father God, what do you want me to do? You have a future. You have a plan. You created me for a reason. I want to follow you. And so I'm not, I'm not worried about if I measure up to other people. All I'm wanting to do is be exactly what you want me to be. Letting him do the work, not us do the work. Listen to Philippians 2.13. It says, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Have you ever wondered, man, I just can't seem to figure this out. I, keep, I, I don't want to do that stuff. I, I, I want to obey God. I want to do what pleases him. And so we, what do we do? We're comparing ourselves to something. And rather than just saying, I know, God, you hold me up to this high standard. How you see me is not how the world sees me. How you see me, maybe not even what, how I see me, but I'm going to go after that and I'm gonna allow you to work in me. And when we simply see ourselves as God sees us, not on a scale, but on a pedestal, we can simply partner with God. And in that process, we can become the best version of ourselves. Yeah, and I think that's something to really be aware of is we kind of do have healthier versions of ourselves, and we have unhealthy versions yeah. of ourselves. So like Joe said, when we, when we start comparing and we are putting ourselves on the scale, that's not a healthy place to be, right? And, and so often, like I think what happens for me is like when I'm starting to put myself on that scale, um, when I start comparing myself to others, I start questioning like why God made me the way he made me to be. I, I realize I'm not measuring up. And I think a lot of times I do that when I'm tired or when I'm hungry or when I'm running on E or when I haven't spent time with Jesus. I haven't been at 4640. I haven't been in worship. I haven't been spending time with, with God in his word. Like, the, like you can kind of look at those times in your life where you're like, man, things about my personality are not working out for me. Like what, what is happening? Like I'm coming off really bossy, but I know I'm a good leader. So why am I coming off like so like overbearing? And I think so often we have to ask our question, that question of why, why is this happening? And I think we have to go, am I connected to my source? Am I connected to God? Are my eyes focused on Jesus? Like, like Joe was saying, like on this pedestal where it's like, I'm not, I'm not lowering myself to the world's standards. I'm focusing on Jesus and I'm connected here. And so I don't have to do this. And, and then that makes us strong. That makes us healthy in our personalities when we can say, okay, God, you made me completely different than anyone else. How can you use me? How can you help me to be the healthiest version of myself? And, and I think God, you, you can recognize Recognize like he will use your weaknesses, like God is strong in our weaknesses, but you don't have to stay there. You can grow and you do that by being connected to him. Um, so like when, when that bossiness kind of comes off like overbearing and rude, say, Lord, help me. 
Like, help me to be a good leader. And he will. Like, just like that verse said, he is giving us the power to do what pleases him. Or maybe when you're really indecisive, I'm so indecisive in just the natural personality that I am. It's so hard sometimes. But when I say, Lord, help me be decisive, he can help me have a clear mind and make good, sound decisions. Or like when you're struggling with insecurity, this is another thing I really struggle with. When you struggle with that, being confident in the Lord by saying, Lord, help me. Like I need your confidence in who you created me to be. Then all of a sudden my eyes are focused on Jesus and I'm not focused on the world standards or what I think of myself. I'm going to the source and letting him help me. And here's the truth. Your best you is when you look most like him. Your best you is when you look most like Jesus. That means you are fixing your eyes right here on Jesus and all of a sudden you are gonna be the healthiest version of yourself when you are connected to him. And, and so I just wanna like say this over each one of you. Here's my prayer for each one of you as you're recognizing more of who you are becoming, how you're becoming, all of those things that, that Jesus has created you to be. Here's my prayer in Romans 15, 13. It says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him then you will overflow with confident hope through the holy spirit so this verse is saying recognize the power comes from the holy spirit and you can have confidence in who he created you to be nothing more and nothing less yeah absolutely me as a sanguine without god without the holy spirit I exude a lot of weaknesses. So disorganization, I'm, I'm gonna be like kind of a bulldozer, not, not in like a bossy way, but like a, I'm not paying attention to other people. I'm, not, I'm, I'm too busy just talking and, and being all of those, and, or, I'm, or I'm, there's, there's weaknesses to each personality. But when we ask God to enter into us and the Holy Spirit empowers us, those weaknesses begin to diminish and the strengths of your personality are, are, are heightened and begin to grow and become useful for the kingdom. And guys, here's the truth. God created you and he created you to be you. And nobody can be you better than you can be you. And you can't be somebody else better than somebody else can be themselves. Are you understanding this right here? So we need you to be you. God needs you to be you. He wants you to be you so he can use you. He doesn't want you to be me. He doesn't want you to be someone else because then, then you're taking your eyes off of who he created you to be and you're trying to measure up. Mm -hmm. See, I'm, I'm a sanguine, okay? That's me. I know I'm a people person. But the truth is, is I, when I was in high school and coming out of high school, I really thought, you know, I really wanted to be an immunologist, which is a study of diseases. And I thought this would be a perfect, I, I don't know, I love science, so this is what I want to do. Now, could you imagine... All this just stuck in a lab by himself You'd doing go crazy. like. You would go crazy. I would. You would. And I remember asked, like, really praying about what I should do with my life coming out of high school. And I felt like God was just like, You're like, don't go there. And even the worship pastor before me, she said, Joe, it's gonna be a sad day when all you become is a scientist. Mm. And, I, and I heard those words and I felt the leading of God to stick around and, and, and to start just seeing if there were some other options. And so then he dropped me into this place and he dropped me into this job. And this, this is who I am. This is the perfect job for me. This is my purpose. This is my call. I live for this stuff. Being up here in front of you, in front of you guys, but teaching you guys, leading worship and just worshiping God in general. That's who God created me to be. And so I'm sitting here getting to do 
what I love. And had I not kept my eyes and began to focus on God, what do you want me to do? Not try and measure myself and see what meant success to the world or any of those things and compare myself and da, 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 da. God, what do you, who do you say I am? And, and what does that mean for my life? And when I asked him to, he showed me and he showed me the way. And guys, and that's what we want for you too, is to be the best version of you that you can be. Let's pray. God, we love you so much. And we thank you for creating us each individually unique with a purpose, with plans, God. And I pray, Lord, that we would not take our eyes off of you We would not take our eyes off of who you say we are. As we've gone through this last month and worked on our identity in Christ as sons and daughters of of Jesus, as sons and daughters of God, as, as, as loved, as cherished, as forgiven, as all of these things that you have said and spoken into us, I pray, Lord, that those things will be the foundation of our life and how we direct our life and how we choose to live our life is in our identity as your kids. Father, I pray, Lord, that you just speak to us, guide us, Lord, and continue to help us grow. Grow us up, Lord, into the best versions of ourselves. And we love you. Thank you. Be with us in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the 4640 Student Center Podcast. For more information on what's happening in 4640, you can check us out on social media and at our website, 4640gj.com. Service times are Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Hope to see you there.